Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 18. Welcome to Daily Walk. I am Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity for us just to be together. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for the word that we get to read. Uh, We ask for a blessing and continued hope to be raised. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, today it's the message, the MSG, Amos chapter 9. Subheading, Israel thrown into a sieve. I saw my master standing beside the altar at the shrine. He said, hit the tops of the shrine's pillars, make the floors shake. The roof's about to fall on the heads of the people, and whoever's still alive, I'll kill. No one will get away. No runaways will make it. If they dig their way down into the underworld, I'll find them and bring them up. If they climb to the stars, I'll find them and bring them down. If they hide out at the top of Mount Carmel, I'll find them and bring them back. If they dive to the bottom of the ocean, I'll send dragon to swallow them up. If they're captured alive by their enemies, I'll send sword to kill them. I've made up my mind to hurt them, not help them. My master, God of the angel armies, touches the earth, a mere touch, and it trembles. The whole world goes into mourning. Earth swells like the Nile at flood stage. Then the water subsides like the great Nile of Egypt. God builds his palace, towers roaring high in the skies, foundations set on the rock firm earth. He calls ocean waters and they come. Then he ladles them out on the earth. God, your God, does all this. Do you Israelites think you're any better than the far-off Cushites? God's decree. Am I not involved with all nations? Didn't I bring Israel up from Egypt, the Philistines from Kaftor, the Arameans from Kir? But you can be sure that I, God, the master, have my eye on the kingdom of sin. I'm going to wipe it off the face of the earth. Still, I won't totally destroy the family of Jacob. God's decree. I'm still giving the orders around here. I'm throwing Israel into a sieve among all the nations and shaking them good, shaking out all the sin, all the sinners. No real grain will be lost, but all the sinners will be sifted out and thrown away. The people who say nothing bad will ever happen in our lifetime, it won't even come close. Subheading, blessings like wine pouring off the mountains. But also on that judgment day, I will restore David's house that has fallen to pieces. I'll repair the holes in the roof, replace the broken windows, fix it up like new. David's people will be strong again and seize what's left of enemy Edom, plus everyone else under my sovereign judgment. God's decree. He will do this. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast your head will swim, one thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once, and everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people, Israel. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. They'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And I'll plant them, plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God, says so. Hmm. I like that uh, paraphrase. That's good. All right, uh, let's look at the question for today then. Uh, Why is it so appealing to use single Bible verses for inspiration or doctrinal study? What are some of the risks that come with this? 
Well, I think it's appealing partly because most of us are not biblical scholars. Um, most people have pretty full lives with a lot of things going on. Yeah, it's true. Um, and yeah, I think that often we do like our wisdom to come in kind of sound bites or things that could go Twitter on a bumper style. sticker or, well, things that are easy to remember that yeah. seem like, okay, this is my life's philosophy. You know, I have a few of those. You probably do too. I do too. So some people, for them, that's a Bible verse that they might quote. I once uh, I once got this book. Um, I actually still have it in my office and I, I don't know if I'm going to keep it because as I'm moving my office right now, I'm thinking about which books I'm going to keep and which ones I'm, I'm not going to keep. But uh, I bought this book and... Um, and as I opened it up and read the whole book, literally the only thing that was good about the whole book was uh, was one Bible verse at the very first chapter. Wow, and you actually read the entire book? I did. because you keep I, hoping it would get better? I kept on hoping it was just going to come back to like a point where it was like that. Because the author had just found this one really great verse in the Bible, and then he opened up oh, a great illustration. Oh, and he was trying to talk about the verse, but really there was nothing else to say. He the had verse nothing. Kind of the says verse it all. said it all. And I, well, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, there's that joke, you know, the Dave Barry thing, you know, that I always talk about where preachers will try to extrapolate massive amounts. What are you trying to say? Not about you. I'm talking about other preachers, all those morons out there who do this, where it just feels like, okay, come on, you're you're stretching the meaning there just a little bit. Becky and I used to do this all the time. I used to actually share my, uh, I used to share my manuscript with you, right? And Did you? Uh, yeah, like my the idea of, of what I was going to say before I preached, and it was just a horrible idea early on in our marriage where I would I like, you don't remember this, where I'd no. share, I'd We've share what I was going to so long that it was so long ago. Massive, I like, stopped doing this because it was just, it was too painful. <laughs> there are whole decades that I don't even it was remember too painful. anymore. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, the nineties, like it's gone. I've had a number of head oh, injuries. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, no. But, uh, you know, Lawrence Turner told us this really great story, um, about preachers who do that actually. And, uh, he called it the, um, old mother Hubbard had a cupboard, and uh, and then how preachers can actually just strip that down to talking about the like, empty cupboard at great at great yeah. length without anything to say. So well, I think you, that's what we do with text. Where you know, I mean, when you have to preach every single week, you have to come up with something to say. It yeah. does make sense to break it down into little into bits that you can keep. Or to have really long to, passages to talk about. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, but yeah, he asked what some of the risks are that come think, with this. I think, I think the risk would be that you take it out of context, that you apply yeah, yeah, it to totally. your life in ways that are not called for or sound or yeah. reasonable or anything. I mean, even in this text here, you can begin with the first part in chapter 9, verse 1, uh, verse 1 and 2 here, as Nathan points out straight away how it sounds like God is saying everybody's gone. And then if you m- miss the rest of it and you miss the hope section at the end here, where he says, no, everybody's gone, I'm, I'm keeping some of them and, and I'm actually going to restore some of them and they're going to be rebuilt, you forget the essence of the entire context. And I think that's what's so important about the whole bible if you pull one verse only you can get some crazy ideas and if you string them together well not to get super political here but you could read this as being kind of a defense of israel having its current geographic location in the world and having a right to that actually but that would kind of go against the overall point that nathan made earlier in the week which is that god usually or Works with the underdog. Yes, and in this situation, um, 
there is also an underdog. Well, these it's last not necessarily verses, Israel. These last verses, eleven through to fifteen, here are often used about, um, often used to apply to say Israel is the supreme power. Yeah, and I mean that would be a simplistic view. I agree that it's a complicated issue when many, many, yeah. many people have a claim to a place yeah. and they can't agree on various things, etc. It's difficult, but. I don't think there's any way to just say, hey, the Bible says this, therefore, these other people have no rights. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's actually important to always to look to context. I think it's important to look at the, the whole Bible. I, I mean, that's why I, I love within our tribe, actually, in Adventism, that we, we, we try to embrace, you know, First Testament and Second Testament. And I think that the entire Bible's actually got depth to it and it's woven together. And well, I think, I it's think important most to do so. of it... With a few exceptions, Amos being, <laughs> we could we could do without some of it. There are a few no, bits Amos, of it that are not super Amos helpful. Amos is good. It's been a, hey, it's been mm. a good series, and the well, sermons have been great as well. The sermons and, have been good because yeah. the, the preachers have been talented people. Yeah, but the material that they've had to work with, and poor Nathan. I mean, poor Amos. Poor Amos. It's his own fault for <laughs> doing any of these things. He should have. What, what was his occupation? Shepherd. An olive tree grower yeah that that was one of the things okay (laughs) no it's good all right well let me repeat the question one more time and we can think about this because i'm sure you guys are going to talk about this with your friends as well why is it so appealing to use single bible verses for inspirational doctrinal study other than instagram and twitter uh what are some of the risks that come with this think about that talk about it with your friends look after each other live love and we will connect tomorrow Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other and live love.